Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I'm reading out the story here, and it's the RT star Sinead Kennedy admits it drives her insane that she's constantly being asked baby questions when she has so many strings to her bow. And Sinead, uh, who has almost two decades of TV presenting under her belt, not, not to mention a degree in psychology and a master's in mental health, said it baffles her how people want to know about you know, what her plans are for becoming a mother. So uh, the Cork native told the Irish Sunday Mirror, I would never ask anybody that question. You never know what you're walking into. There are so many people and so much people are much more to people out there than having kids. Some people don't want them. Some do. People, uh, some people are trying. Uh, some are having a tough time of it. And some people aren't there mentally yet. She also said that I only started getting asked five years ago when I got married. I've given interviews in the past where I've given out stink about it and I probably came across as a bit crazy. It does drive me a little bit cracked. There's so much more to women than that. It's frustrating and it's the most frustrating thing to be asked all the time because it's not what defines a woman. Being a mother is probably the toughest job in the world. It's a privilege, and I've no doubt, uh, but it's uh, funny that there are other things out there too. So the point is, realistically, do you think it's appropriate to ask any woman? You know, I mean, particularly, I suppose, somebody who's just got married. You know, the old thing, it's always, you know, the mother-in-law usually, isn't it? And starting yet. Ah, don't worry, God will be good to you. That, isn't that what they say, you know? And... I know it doesn't define women, and I'm sorry if I'm insulting our female audience today, but you're the only ones that can have babies. And if you stop having them, that's the end of mankind. So, realistically, this is going to sound bad, but don't take it out of context. It's your job, isn't it, as a woman? It's part of your role in life as a woman um, to have babies. Now, if you can't have a baby, that's obvious, that's, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. And that's, you know, I'm not saying that it's something that defines you as a woman. But in some sense, you are defined as a woman by the fact that you have children. Because that's what women do. Women have children. Women have careers. Women are intelligent. Women do all the other things as well. But women have children. They have a lot to take on. Us men get away lightly. We don't have to have children. So we get away quite lightly in the whole scenario. So we don't get to, you know, go through all that. But it is part of being a woman that you have the ability to procreate, reproduce, whatever the words you like to use. Um, and if you stop doing it, we're all in trouble. We have seen a huge reduction, of course, in the population across Europe because family sizes have dropped from the once was Ireland was once like 10 kids in a family to now kind of one and a half to two kids in a family. So the question I want to ask you is, is there anything wrong with asking a woman, is she going to start a family? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 I want to know what you think. Is there anything wrong with it? Let me go to Dave. Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dave? What's crack, Dave? Uh, Dave, I mean, it is a bit of an old school thing to say straight out to somebody, you know, Anton Storden, are you having a baby? God will be good to you. All that kind of carry on. But I've often, you know, said to, you know, in conversations, you know, with female colleagues or friends, you know, would you like to have a family? Or are you planning on having kids? Or how many kids would you like to have? Or is, it that, is there anything seriously wrong with saying that to a woman? wrong with that like because you're, you're going the um the mannerly approach but some people can be very in your face about it as well right okay you know, like we have we've got a 10 year old but my missus has had four or five miscarriages and i'm, and and I'm sorry had, i'm really genuinely sorry to hear that dave i know no, i know you were no, trying thanks. um and we're mad for more kids but there's a chance we might not ever be able to have any more you know i mean even 
her pregnancy with our little fella, we were up and down to the hospital on uh, Jesus nearly every weekend for six months. Like we were on a first name basis with the last name E. You know, we could we could nearly walk in and say we're here for the usual kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, but some people can be very like obviously if someone's like, Hey, you know, do you wanna have kids or do you plan to start a family? That's fair enough. But some people are like, Why'd you only have one? Would you not have more? Wouldn't that be nice for them to have a little brother or sister? And like I know obviously they don't know your you know, sometimes they might not know your situation. But it it does sting. And it's not like it's kind of an offhand comment that you you know, in an hour or two you'll feel better. It's it, that kind of thing lasts with you for days. I, you know, I, so I, like I did I did read, by the way, I think I I might be correct, and I think Helena will probably correct, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think I read somewhere that one in six women do have problems conceiving. Well, yeah. it, it depends on where you look, I suppose. One in four, I think Helena was saying to two, is obviously one of the stats as well. So it is quite common. When I say quite common, oh. a large percentage of women find it difficult to get pregnant. Mm. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's not just like, it doesn't just seem for the woman. Oh, no, I know. Man... By the way, I'm not blaming the women on it. I mean, women yeah, and men no. can just not be sexually compatible sometimes. No, I know. But what, no, but what I'm saying is it's not just like the woman that feels it because like, you know, like for a woman who might not be able to have a child, she might feel like there's something lacking in her. But, but it also feels the same for men because you think to yourself, is there something wrong with me? You know, and like I, I mean, and I know, I know Sinead Kennedy said it doesn't define you as a woman and it shouldn't define your life as a woman if you can't have a child, for example, or you can't have more children if you wanted more. But it does define women in a sense that women have babies. Men clearly don't. So, you know, oh, it yeah. is something that is exclusive to women. So it does define women in that sense. Well, you know well, what I mean? Uh, yeah, look, for, for every living organism, your most base biological, you know, function is to reproduce. You know, but, you know, human beings, we're also kind of like taking ourselves out of that as part of it as well, where it's not just for children, but just if anything comes from this conversation, just if anybody's listening, maybe just, you know, phrase it in a, in, in a nicer kind of a way. I'm not saying like, you know, don't say it to people, but just kind of think to yourself before you ask somebody, maybe has this happened? Because it's the kind of pain that doesn't go away. And when it's brought up, it, it can leave you messed up for a few days. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not nice. I mean, those things for both men and women, you know, and I actually feel bad for, like, a lot of men in regards to this kind of stuff because men seem to get forgotten about them. Oh, yeah, because men, as much as women want to be mothers, men want to be fathers, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's, I mean, look, the woman is, like, if a woman has a miscarriage, obviously it's the woman who goes through it, you know, physically. But emotionally, you're both on an even keel, you know, and I do see a lot of times, like, men are forgotten about or even I've, and I've heard this from people and it's generally the older generation and you know you'll give them a pass because they grew up in a different time you can't judge them by you know how we conduct ourselves today but a lot of them will say like after you miss camera she'll be like I wish you could always try again as if it was nothing you know as if like you know oh well that didn't work out start again kind of a thing you know? yeah, it's, not like, really it's like, not like buying a car that just didn't work I know I, I yeah, get you exactly yeah it, you know it's not like oh my dog got run over I'll go down to the animal rescue and get another one well, you would, well, the point is you wouldn't do that either because people are very attached to their dogs and when the dogs die, they tend to wait a while. Well, I mean, I, the last I thing know, they want is another one. I know, I know a couple of people, they're like, oh, my dog got run over, I'll just get another one. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I prefer not to, I pref- personally, I prefer not to know people like that anyway. But, but, but stay there just for a second if you can. I want to come to Angela in a second as well. Just like you said, that was a great point by Alina there about people asking, uh, are you having a baby? The people are struggling with infertility. Oh, I'm... Me and my partner were the same. We were uh, struggling with infertility for a while. We ended up having the child anyway, but during the times of uh, when it wasn't working and people were asking, 
when he's having a baby, it's going to be soon, and it was painful, very painful. Yeah, I suppose, I imagine it could be quite frustrating. And let me go to Angela as well. Angela, you're on Classic Hits. Angela, obviously, Dave and his partner went through a difficult situation whereby there's been numerous miscarriages, and um, and it's difficult. And obviously, they, they would like another child, but unfortunately, at the moment, it's just not happening. I mean, you went through that as well. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that, Dave, because, um, let's say, with myself, I can't have kids, and I always feel sorry for people who it's just not working for them. There's no reason, but, it's, you know, they say, you can try all you want, whereas with myself, I know I can't have them, and I never will be able to. And, you know, for the first year, I had the ovarian cancer, and um, I'd say for the first year... Yeah, you because it was, you know, soon after we got married and it was like, you know, oh, you don't know, are we going to hear the patter a little piece? And, you know, it it did hurt a bit, but... But did you, when, when when people were asking that question after you got married, um, you know, yeah. be it mother-in-laws or relations or whatever it was, or friends, you know, and saying, oh, when are you going to start the family soon? Or, I mean, did you know at that stage that you couldn't have children? Right, okay, so yeah. that even made it worse. The fact, if you hadn't have known, it wouldn't have been as difficult to deal with those questions. No, it wouldn't, and I suppose it, it was a double whammy because it was cancer and you can't have kids. So, but, and it did, it did hurt, but the, the thing is, I know that anyone who asked, they, they don't mean to hurt you. They don't mean, obviously, if they knew that, they'd never say it. Mm. You know, that, but... um. Well, well, then maybe if we have more open conversations about these things, you know what I mean? I mean that, that is one thing that I I would like to say is there's um now it's 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 widely known um because she documented this um DJ Standards' wife Jean Marie they had to go through IVF and all that and she documented it the whole way and I was so proud of her because. There's no shame in not being able to have kids. No, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't make you less help. of a woman because you it can't have a child. You need, yeah. If you need help on the male or the female side of it, and I'm, I'm, I've always been so proud of her for doing that because I, I'd love women to realise that that if you need a bit of help to have them, be proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is going to hurt if someone says, you know, oh, do you know, are you looking at having kids now? And I'd like them to say, well, do you know what? It's it's not just happening. It's just not happening for us at the moment. But we're going to, you know, we're going to go down every avenue that we can, you know. Um, but there, there's, a, you're always, it's it's an Irish thing, I, I think. It's an Irish thing that you're always going to get. The second you get married mm. or you're in a long-term relationship, you have one. Or, you know, first of all, it's like, oh, you're going to have a child and then, like you say, if you have... Well, one why... Okay, well, let, me, let me ask... Sorry, Dave, let me ask you the question as well, uh, first if I can. Why are we kind of struggling in Ireland to talk about stuff like that? Like, if I said something to you, Dave, like, uh, do you want to dr- come climb Kilimanjaro with me? And you turn around and say, well, no, no, I can't because I have COPD, for example, or I have difficulty breathing, so I, I can't do that. So you're quite happy to tell me that, but you're not happy to tell me, you know, that you know, you have a problem downstairs or why are we afraid as Irish people to talk about problems like that? I know they're private issues, but if it's a friend and they're asking you a question, why do you think we don't have those conversations? So I, I think, and, and this isn't a, a bashing religion kind of a thing, but I, I still think like that good old-fashioned Catholic guilt is, is still 
fairly prevalent in Ireland, and I don't mean that, like, I'm not blaming the church for it, but just because of that mindset that people had, say, my grandparents' generation, they would have pushed it on to my parents, which would have kind of, you know, uh, they would have pushed it on to me, probably in an unconscious manner. We're not, Irish people are not good. So, we, so we've never shaken off that idea that it's a woman's job to procreate and have more children. Well, you know, I mean, I, my generation now, I find, um, like me and friends, my people, we're a lot more open to talking about stuff like this than, say, my parents would have been. You know, because if my parents, like, they, you know, you would have still had the, the clear-cut role. Mammy's at home looking after the kids. Your father's out working. Um, don't talk about how you're depressed. If something like that happens, there was a fair amount of shame for women yeah. put on women because I remember the fact that the last time we were in the hospital the people in Cork the, the nurses in Cork University who deal specifically with, with what we were going through are like palliative care they're, they're the salt of the earth and this, like one woman was told me that back in the day if something like that happened you go in you have your baby you go out you go home you bury your baby you'd be lucky if you were allowed to bury your baby in the graveyard because you weren't baptized and and you just shut up about it. You didn't talk about it. Whereas now, we were absolutely astounded by the treatment. Like, they bent the rules. Like, this was the height of the, the lockdown. They bent the rules to let me into the hospital for a few days with my missus. And because because of what she was going through, yeah. Because of what was yeah. going on. But there's a crowd as well called Thalicon. And, it, it, you know, it's another actually, like, damning thing about this country is, like, they, they get no funding from the government. And they give you so many little like remembrance things you teddy that you hold on to and you put him with the baby and there's two of them and then you uh, like that. Yeah. Um you, you swap them around and before you bury your child. Um they do handprints in clay, they do footprints, um they there's counseling services that they put you in contact with. Like in the last ten years uh, in particular they told us the services have gotten so amazingly good I'm just People need to start being more open about this. I, I, I can't. I can't imagine, Dave, what it's like to go through that, and, I, and I, I'm sure it was a very difficult time for you and for your partner as well. Sorry, it, it, Angela. Getting back to the shame, Angela. When did you feel ashamed that you couldn't? I mean, I, I don't think you would have felt ashamed, Angela. That you, I'm disappointed, depressed, maybe yes, but ashamed that you couldn't have a baby. I'll tell you now. I was at a wedding the year after. Um, uh, I got married, and I have to say the ceremony was the most horrible ceremony I've ever been at. Um, it's like one of these open stages, you know, the real old Latin. Yeah. And the priest stood there and said um, during the ceremony that now that you're married, your love will not be um, bounded and bonded and everything until you have your first child. But that's what that we, but that's religion, right. Angela. That's what yeah, that's, marriages that's have to be consummated by, by yeah. under religious law. By the way, canon law, I think it isn't. It? Uh, marriages yeah. must be consummated by the birth of a yeah. child. And until they have their child. Now, can I just say something? Sorry, there, and it's not slightly off topic. Um, my wedding dress, I donated to um, this. Um, it's friends of mine who actually do it. Um, they made little dresses for stillborns and, you know, people yeah. who have miscarriages and that to be buried in. And it's it's the most beautiful thing, you know, because like with Dave, I'm so, as I said, I'm so sorry. 
But trying to find a nice little gown or trying to find something. And this is what they do. They get donated wedding dresses and they make... But you know know how ridiculous we are? We we spoke to a woman the other night on the air. I think actually, Angela, you were... You might have been on... No, I don't think you were on the time. But she she had... um, uh, She had a stillborn. And, yeah. and I don't even know if that's the right term anymore. I, I don't think it is actually yeah. the right term anymore. Um, and But anyway, I think that the baby was, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, a good bit premature, obviously. And she had given birth. She had a, a rough pregnancy yeah. up to about 22 or 23 weeks. And she had gave birth to the child, but the child, unfortunately, wasn't going to survive. And um, because the child didn't weigh, let me get this right, 500 grams or more, this is how we measure this. It's not yeah. recognised as a person. Now, Dave, I am horrified by this. I, I couldn't believe when this woman said this. I said to myself, are we living, is this actually Ireland we're talking about here? So because the child was born prematurely and not 500 grams or more, she's not entitled to a birth certificate for the child. And I, yeah, she said, I, the nurses were brilliant. You know, they helped her out. They did everything else. And if you want to pay for a grave, you can and all that kind of stuff. But she said she all she wanted was a birth cert for her little baby boy. And she couldn't get one because he wasn't five. He has to weigh more than 500 grams before you're recognised, it seems, from what well, she's describing as a child. Now, my brother, my little brother died. He was still born, going back years ago. And my mum still gets quite upset over it. And back then, what it was is it was not recognized as um, a human being because it did not take a breath outside the womb. And my dad had to go and pick the grave and pick the coffin and do everything all on his own. And they had like, they weren't even allowed really to have a ceremony because it didn't take a breath outside the room. That's what happened here. You're looking at like 40-odd years ago, 30-odd years ago. Yeah, but I I was surprised that here we are in 2020 and and a woman wants a birth cert for a child that she gave birth to. And they will, will not give a birth, the state will not give her a birth cert according to what she said to me, and it seemed to be, you know, what she said to me was legit, unless the child is over 500 grams in weight. Dave, did you know that? Yeah, we, we had that conversation with the nurses and I'll be honest with you, the nursing staff themselves don't even understand it. It's more, that's more bureaucracy. That's just something that some little pencil pushing dickhead in an office wrote down somewhere. Who decided 500 grams, which is, you know, half a bag of sugar, essentially? Who decided that that was the weight? I mean, little I've seen little babies fully formed, you know, hand size. At that, at that weight? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and to, to tell a mother or a father, for that matter, you can't have a birth cert for your little baby boy or girl. Um, that's absolutely it's outrageous. But let me okay, stay there, both of you. Let me go back to the original question. John, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, John? Um, John, is it wrong to actually ask that question in the first place? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's okay to ask, but. It just depends on who the individual is who's asking. Like, you know, if it's a close friend and work, like, not necessarily someone you meet in, in centre just passing by. You know, if they notice you with a kid and they're wondering why you haven't got any more. Yeah. It's okay like, for friends to ask because, like, again, like, I've had friends who, you know, who couldn't have kids, the same thing, had to go through IVF and, like, talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's, 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 you know, it's, you know, it's 2020 now. Like, like men can talk to each other, but, when it comes to women as well, you know, I think I think you do have to be a bit sensitive as well, mm-hmm. especially like if they're trying to avoid the conversation, which I saw my wife done a few times. So she actually purposely went out of her way to not bring up the conversation about babies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like, we I'm, I'm assuming for, she, Dave, I'm assuming she, or sorry, John, she went through a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sorry, um, yeah, she did. Um, it was her. It was her second child, and um, it didn't go too well. And you know, it was just upsetting. You know, and yeah. people were wondering why. You know, the past couple of months, how come you know they hadn't seen the baby? You know, other people kind of got the. You know, like they got the message. They knew not to ask. They left it alone. You know, it's just common sense. I, feel, I mean, that's know? yeah, that's part of it too. When your friends know you're pregnant, I suppose, and 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 yeah. they're watching you being pregnant, or they see you in the shops or whatever. And then they see you a couple of months later and obviously you're not pregnant anymore. They can kind of spot that, obviously, physically. That's it. And they're yeah, saying, yeah, so yeah. What, what did you have? You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I, I, I exactly. suppose it can be yeah, difficult. Can be. You know? It can be. It can be. Yeah, it depends on how far the pregnancy goes, too. But, like, friends of ours now lost a child quite late, like one of your other speakers uh, there. And, like, other people kind of knew, especially close friends, just not to bring it up until they came to us and said it. So but but, but yeah, but here's the thing. Own time, you know? But here's the thing: not to bring yeah. it up. Are, are we? I mean, like, if I was with somebody and I knew that had happened, oh, yeah. maybe that's just me. I'd bring it up, and I but would say, yeah, 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 no, but yeah, I'd say, how are you? You know, and is there anything yeah. I can do to help, or or how's things, or you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, close, yeah, close friends would, yeah, close friends would, alright. But I don't think people off the street like you. To work locally and stuff like that. I think if you've got a relationship or if you work with the people, you generally can, you know, like you should be able to say it. You shouldn't be burying things, mm-hmm. you know, especially people who you're in close contact with, you know. You shouldn't be because yeah. it just gets toxic then, you know. People just end up walking on eggshells. Yeah, absolutely. So so it's, I suppose it's the way you ask it and it's who asks the question. So are you exactly. saying that we need to get away from that old kind of thinking? And it is, it tends to be older women, by the way, that will ask the question, anything stored in yet? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Isn't yeah. that usually what they say? Or, you know, God will be good to you. God will be good to you. <laughs> He'll give you a baby soon, don't you worry. Yeah, it's not God yeah, I need to get yeah. into the bedroom, it's my husband. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's it. you know what the worst sound of, and I always call it tilted head syndrome. And it's like, you know, if someone passes away or anything, the first thing they do is tilt their head and go, how are you? Oh, <laughs> I, I, tilt, I, uh, I tilt my head back the other way going, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because you do. And, but I think um, I, I think it needs to be talked about a lot more. And It is, because you know, I, I can only imagine, Angela, what it's like for a woman. Because as a little girl, I suppose, you, you grow yeah. up, you know, and I, I don't want to stereotype women here, but you do grow up thinking, you know, I'm going to marry the prince and I'm going to have loads of babies. And that's yeah, something little yeah. girls think about, you know. Also, Niall, as, as you were saying there, because, you know, like even when I was, you know, sick at the time, people would say, you know, how, how's Angela doing? And a mum would go, and actually Liam's doing okay as well, because you're your partner, your husband, you know, my ex, whatever he was now. Yeah. But he, you know, he was involved in all of that as well. And people need to take that on board that, you know, as much as it is absolutely the woman, the, the man is involved in it too, you know, and you need to take their their side into consideration as well because they're going through it, yeah. you know. But I, I think I so, think I think for women, um, it is you know it, it's a huge loss. It's like it's almost like a grieving process. I imagine Angela and I, I obviously I can't think how you were thinking at the time when you were told that news. But that must have been the most devastating news you were ever given. Well, it it was, and I, I suppose it, it like that now. Um, it, it used to be a thing of like if if anyone got pregnant, you know, it was like right, who's going to tell her, <laughs> you know. 
that, that and I know that conversation did go on because my mum would say it and she'd go, listen, we have something to tell you, you know, oh, such and such is pregnant. And I would actually, I would be delighted, but I'd go off to your room and have a little cry, mm. you know, because as much as you are, like any life coming into this world is just amazing, you know, and, but when you know you'll, you'll never have that feeling, then yeah, it, it can be devastating, but 10 years on now, Niall, and I've got Do you well, know, it, it may almost be better to know that you can't than to know that you're going to struggle for the next five years trying, because well, I, I know women who've been given false hope, I suppose, you know what I mean? Well, that, that's what I mean by I've always kind of felt blessed on that side of things that it's no, you can't. So that, Rather yeah, so the pain of that wasn't dragged on for 10 years where you're going back and forward to IVF and yeah, false hope and, exactly. yeah. Or even it's the thing of we don't know why you can't have kids. He's fine, you're fine, but it's just not happening. And that's why on that side of things, I, I do feel blessed that it's like, I just know I can't. You deal with it and you get over it. Okay, well, well, do me a favor. Just stay with me for a second. I want to go to Karen as well. Sorry, Karen, you're on Classic Hits. Sorry for keeping you holding there. Uh, no problem. Karen, we started off the conversation by asking that, you know, the famous question, should you ever ask that question? And is it insensitive? Because Sinead Kennedy, the RT star, said it drives her insane when people ask her that question, you know, at Sturden. Um, but I suppose we do have to be sensitive to the fact that some people just can't have children. Yeah, um, I suppose I'm in a similar situation to Angela, I think, in a sense that I had cervical cancer when I was 23 and I can't have kids. And I'm 33 now, um, healthy, thankfully, um, but I was due to get married this year. So mm-hmm. everybody, people who don't know us that well, um, and especially de- my, my fiancé gets asked a lot, oh, you know, sure, kids are next. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's an assumption. We'll be going and to I the christening after this. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's, for me, it's, I'm very open about my situation, always have been. My friends know that, my family know that. 23, by the way, was very young to be diagnosed with cervical cancer, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Jeez, that's another second story. But I know, yeah. Um, and yeah you, but you're okay, you're, you're in remission now and you're in good health now and everything else. Absolutely. Good, good. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. So, but when I was 23, I didn't really think of it. I wanted the cancer gone and I was told, obviously, you know, you're having a hysterectomy, this is going to be the future. But I didn't care at that point. I was still in college. And it's not that I didn't care. Of course, I thought about it. But it really, really only started to affect me in the last two to three years. Um, when I was in a serious relationship, we got engaged. We're getting married. And people are asking questions. And I noticed that a lot from my family would understand more. But the in-laws kind of say, sure, when are we getting grandkids? I mean, they know our situation. And we have actually decided we're not going to go forward with adoption or surrogacy or any of that. And mm-hmm. um, we made that decision together over the last few years. But there and was, there, was there a reason for that decision? And there, there, I'm, I suppose I'm asking you out of selfishness because I am adopted personally myself. So, but yeah. is there a reason why I, why you wouldn't adopt? And I'm, I'm by the way, I'm not putting any pressure on you to do it or anything like that. But is there a reason why? No, we would love to. It's just that the process. I know a few people are going through it at the moment. It's long and tedious, and again, it's putting a bit of a strain on the relationship. And I suppose, in a sense, that is a selfish thing. But I suppose because the decision was taken away from us. We are kind of under, like I've spoken to somebody who never had kids and they're in their 60s. And she said it is the unspoken happiness. And it's not to offend anybody with kids. Yep. But sometimes people who do have children assume that you're only happy. You're miserable if you children. don't have them. Yeah. Yeah. And they do take offense if we say, well, we decided we're not having children. They're like, but why? 
you can adopt, you can do surrogacy. I'm like, yes, it's not that easy, you know? Yeah. And Oh, no, I mean, look, there are people there who've never wanted children, were quite happy never to have them. They've had an independent life. They've never had the worry of children because, trust me, it changes your life of three of them. <laughs> it changes your life forever. <laughs> and some people just don't want that, and that's fine. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. But there are people out there who look down upon people who don't have children. Absolutely, and I, I do see that, and I see the way people have asked, but why not? Like, why? Why do I need a reason? I, I, the reason was taken away from me. I mean, I, I, I fucking can't. Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's, besides that, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yes, and, and it took a while, Jesus. It took years to actually be okay with that. Yeah, they almost want you to be devastated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I'm similar to Angela. I'm 33 now, so majority of my friends are starting to have children, if not on their second child. So I'm kind of, I have that thing, it's, I'm absolutely over the moon for them, but I still, I will always have that little feeling inside. You do get sad, you know? Yeah, of and course, yeah. Because you're not going to experience it. But I'm absolutely over the moon for them. And I mean... Well, I, well, I, th- I think it's better to be in, I know this sounds wrong, maybe I'm, I'm going to say this wrong, but myself and Angela, it's better to be in that situation than be in a situation where it's probably never going to happen for you and you're constantly trying all the time and getting IVF and being given false hope maybe every now and again with five grand every time you're being given this false hope. And, and I, I just think that might actually be worse dragging that out over years and years and years to only come to the same results that you two are at now, if you know what I mean. I do agree. And yeah. that's kind of where we were at even when it came to adoption. We looked at adopting in other countries. We did look at surrogacy. And yeah. it's, you're looking at 40, 50 grand. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, 30, well, certainly 30 or 40. Listen, ladies, I've run out of time and I wish you both well. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.